If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On September 10th, 2021, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry. You can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly. How are you today? Good morning and happy Friday, Joe. Um, I'm well. Yes. It's Friday. Very good. Happy. It's Friday, yeah, and, um, and it is, and you put a lot of extra oomph into that purpose this morning when you said purpose. <laughs> oh, Kelly, I, we, we've talked. I, I have been on a journey um, these last, oh, nearly five years, five years it has been that I've been on my own, uh, running my own businesses, and uh quite a journey, and I've just been employed by an amazing company. I'm so excited. Uh, Just started on Tuesday. Uh, Started on my son's birthday. Um, It's really cool. (laughs) Well, we're so happy for you. Um, I know it has been a journey, and congratulations to you, and happy belated birthday to your son. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Very good mm-hmm. times are good. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe next week after you announce it officially, uh, you can tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. So I know you're going to yes, do I a will. big announcement somewhere else. So yeah. um, I, I won't make you spill the beans quite yet. Um, okay. <clears throat> all right. Well, in true keeping with Chamber Life, I have had a very busy week. Do I ever say it's been a dull week? Have I ever said that, Joe? <laughs> I I let me see let me think mm, no. <laughs> no oh my gosh is is it, you you know what was it Johnny Carson in Ed McMahon who said yeah. how busy was it or how was it what yeah. was the phrase <laughs> yes yeah like you need to go how busy was it Kelly Kelly <laughs> um, was that the best of Manhattan is coming don't you have yeah. things to do. 
I have a I have a lot to do. Um, have you voted oh. yet for the best of Manhattan? We are in the voting phase of the award show. I, um, my wife and I are going over the ballot now. Okay. Um, and can I just say this election's a, a lot funner than the, the California recall election on Tuesday, but yeah. I just had to say that. Yeah. Um, this is a fun yeah. <laughs> this right. is a fun way to vote. So yes, for those of you who are listening who do not know what Joe and I are talking about, uh, the annual Best of Manhattan <laughs> Awards that the Chamber produces are on October yes. 21st, um, about six weeks away. Um, they'll be at the beautiful Westruff Hotel from 5 to 9 p.m. We start with a uh, fun, festive cocktail reception. We're going to do a little walk down memory lane with the ABF anniversary of the chamber also. And then as we get into the sit-down dinner and the awards, we have 16 awards to give out this year, um, mm-hmm. a few of which are not open for public vote. Like we have the first time ever we are doing a Hall of Fame award, inducting somebody into the Hall of Fame, which will be announced in a few weeks after the voting period has ended, um, even though that's not a public vote. We, we don't want to announce that quite yet. But there are several categories mm-hmm. um, that you can vote on for your mm. favorites in the best of business in Manhattan Beach. Um, I'm going to read off the categories. I won't read off the finalists um, this week. I did think I did that last week. But yeah. Um, yeah. anybody who wants to vote or purchase a ticket to the show, you can bounce over to ManhattanBeachChamber.com slash B-O-M as in Best of Manhattan. And vote Mm -hmm. and share it with your friends and colleagues and purchase a ticket to find out who wins that night as we announce the winners live on October 21st. So the categories are Women-Owned Business, Small and Mighty, Healthy Living, Who Called the Doctor, Home Sweet Home, Local Love for Manhattan Beach. That is a new award, and it's more of a personal award, not about a business, but who, what individual or family just loves Manhattan Beach so much. Um, their mm-hmm. name is synonymous with Manhattan Beach. Uh, new Business mm-hmm. of the Year, Pay It Forward, Dine and Be, Making a Difference, and the Big Best of Manhattan Award. So we have all of those are open for vote. Then, like I said, we'll have a Hall of Fame award. We'll have the traditional Bob Maestro Local Legend Award. We're going to announce the Chamber Member of the Year and do a special recognition for all first responders. So um, with Mm -hmm. that being said, it's the biggest night of the year, uh, really, in Manhattan Beach and for the Chamber. So you don't want to miss it. And if you have to miss it, then at least you can vote and be a part of deciding who gets those awards. So uh, very exciting. Um, The votes are coming in. The voting period is open until September 21st. Um, Why does it end one month before the awards? Because these days with Mm. the supply chain, everything takes a little longer to make. So we have to have a few extra weeks to get those trophies in hand. Um, The supply chain just isn't the same these days. So anyways, we're super excited. Um, Everybody, please vote. You do not have to be in Manhattan Beach. You do not have to be a member. You don't have to be a resident to vote. It's open to anybody anywhere to vote for your favorite businesses in Manhattan Beach. So I'm very excited about that. Right. Um, Fantastic. um, I want to say something that's so important. I want to make sure I get this in before we get to our guest today. Um, Tomorrow. Yeah is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yes. And, wow. I mean, I remember exactly, exactly where I was when I heard the news 
um, you know, of the first plane hitting the tower in, in New York. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you do too. Do you remember where you were, Joe, at that moment? Uh, I, I, I was at home just about mm-hmm. to go to work and immediately after got a call from my my manager. Um, no one's coming into work today because we, we worked in an 11-story a, a building all mm-hmm. powers throughout the country were were mm-hmm. basically emptying and telling people not to come in because they didn't know what kind of an attack it was. Yeah, um, yeah. it was so sad. it was pandemonium all over the country. It it was uh, yeah. my uh, my brother actually was on a flight, uh, and there you know because all flights had to be were grounded immediately right they had to land right. as quickly and safely right. as possible and so he tells a very interesting right. story of you know um, being in route from the Midwest out to actually to California and um, mm-hmm. having to make an immediate landing in Las Vegas very interesting experience for him but um, mm-hmm. I think we all have our stories in our in our very um, heartfelt memories uh, of 9-11, yeah. and not just that day, but the residual effects. But tomorrow um, at 9 a.m., um, the public is um, encouraged and welcome to gather at the corner of 15th yeah. and Valley Drive in Manhattan Beach, which is on the corner where the fire department and police department station, you know, the whole big building is. Um, coincidentally, right. right across the street from the Chamber of Commerce, too. Um, there will be um, mm-hmm. a beautiful ceremony. There's going to be a procession. There's going to be um, honoring um, the fallen and all first responders. But everybody is welcome to attend. Um, 9 a.m., mm-hmm. the corner of 15th and Valley. I have been to it every year that they have done it, and it is quite um, a, a wonderful ceremony. And I'm sure this year will be um, you know, just even more special. So please join us Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow morning for that. And then also happening this weekend um, is um, a fundraiser that it happens every year and um, called Tour de Pure. And it raises money for pancreatic cancer (laughs) and other other related cancers. Um, And uh, it's a wonderful uh, in... um, not in line, stationary um, bikes at the pier, hundreds of stationary bikes at the Manhattan Beach Pier on Sunday. Um, ride basically to fight cancer and raise millions of dollars um, for uh, pancreatic cancer research and to support families. And um, mm-hmm. on Saturday night, as they set up, there's a really cool um, pre-event called Ride the Night, um, and that is a, a dark with neon lights and headphones silent to basically to the outer public, but they've got the headphones on and they um, ride um, to fight cancer and raise even more money on Saturday night. So head down to the pier, Manhattan um, Beach Pier on Saturday night to check it out. And then again, then again on Sunday morning. Um, to you know, if you're not writing, that's okay. There's a lot of activities, tons of entertainment, um, big names coming out for it. I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but just go down and check it out. <laughs> it's quite fun, and you can walk wow. around the bikes, and you know, you can take your you know your water gun and squirt somebody if you want, and <laughs> all, yeah. all of the above. You've got everybody riding. You've got all the teams out there. You've got you know the lifeguards ride, the, the police ride. 
um, residents, business leaders, everybody rides, and it's just a lot of fun. We have a big weekend right. coming up with all that. And then yeah. um, next week on Tuesday, my last announcement is we have um, – I love when we get to cut a ribbon and open a business, um, especially these days. And um, as the Manhattan Village Shopping Center continues to grow and develop and, and open all of their new buildings um, – we have another new business that is opening on Tuesday called Sweet Greens, and they open their doors at 10.30 a.m. on um, Tuesday, and uh, yeah. you are welcome to go enjoy a healthy kind of bowl type of um, you know, salad and food. And for every bowl that is purchased on opening day, they – immediately make a duplicate bowl and donate it out to uh, food um, insecure groups and charities in Los Angeles that same day. So thousands of food bowls potentially are going out to the food insecure in Los Angeles. So the more people that come and show up on Tuesday for the opening, the more we get to feed um, people who really need that meal. So those are my big announcements. Right. Um, a lot always, <laughs> always going on and, um, you know, lots of um, recognition, memory, um, awards, a fun way to vote, new business opening, and a way to raise money for a, a fabulous cause um, to fight cancer. So um, right. Right. can't, you know, can't, never a dull moment in Manhattan Beach. And I just have to, I don't Never. even have a good transition, but I just have to say I am so excited about our guest today, and I know you're going to love the conversation, um, but really yeah. um, appreciate this person uh, for joining us this morning and taking the time because he is just one of those remarkable people um, that has landed in Manhattan Beach that we are so fortunate to have. <laughs> it's wonderful. I mean, we have lots and lots of uh Technology in the South Bay, obviously, Silicon Beach, as uh, many refer to it. There's Silicon Valley up north near San Francisco. But here in Los Angeles, there is a huge contingent of, of uh, companies and, and activity. And uh, it's wonderful uh, to talk to someone that's right in the middle of that. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be exciting. It's always Kelly, my pleasure. Who's our guest today? Okay, Joe. Our guest today is Clarence Wooten. Clarence is a serial tech entrepreneur who creates and builds startups. Presently, he is an entrepreneur in residence at X, formerly known as Google X, Alphabet's moonshot factory, where he works with talented teams to create radical new technologies to solve some of the world's hardest problems. Clarence had a track record of success spanning back to 1999 when his debut internet startup ImageCafe.com was acquired by Network Solutions, VeriSign. ImageCafe became the default instant website platform used by millions of domain name purchasers. In 2010, Clarence moved to Silicon Valley from Maryland, his home state, and started a string of startups, including Arrived, Venture Fund IO, and Progressly, an enterprise SAAS startup that was acquired by Fox in 2018. In addition to Clarence's work mm -hmm. at Google X, Clarence has focused on changing the complexion of tech through revitalized ventures. His venture studio, Pitch Block, 
What? Pitch, uh, I'm sorry, Clarence, Pitch I'm, I'm missing that. Pitch uh, competition. Uh, two organizations he co-founded to bring social equity to tech. Clarence credits his career balance with being the proud father of two incredible college-age daughters, Jordan Avery, who will also be the best two startups he ever created. I love that. Clarence now resides in the sand <laughs> section of Manhattan Beach, from Maryland to Silicon Valley to Manhattan Beach. Uh, Clarence Wooten, welcome to the show. Thank you so much um, for moving to Manhattan Beach, doing what you do, and joining us this morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy Friday. Um, thank you. And happy now that I hear you re- re- read my bio, I realize Pitch Black does not read well in the bio. You, you know how domain names, you have to leave out a letter. So we decided to yeah. leave out the A in black and just spell it B-L-C-K. Um, but, um, yeah. but, you know, it's all good. Um, uh, but, yes, no, it's, <laughs> it's exciting to be here, and thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, Kelly was right. Uh, she knows me so well. Um, I'm excited to have you because there's nothing more uh, – the, you know, nothing more important to me to talk about, to to shoot the breeze about than tech and tech entrepreneurs and the future, um, because the future is so bright for tech entrepreneurs. But it hasn't been that bright, Clarence, for underserved communities, uh, communities of color in general. Some of the, the statistics on your website are just stark. So, Let's let's start with your your background and and how you got to be in this space where you said, okay, I can give back. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, well, I, I'm going to say it's it's been a it's been a long road, um, and yeah. I've watched the tech industry, particularly the internet industry. Um, change over the years. Uh, I feel like when I first got into tech, right out of undergrad, um, I'm dating myself, but in the uh, early to mid-90s, it did not seem so, at least maybe I just wasn't aware, um, especially since I was doing it from Maryland. And Maryland is a pretty diverse state, at least in terms of African-American representation. I want to feel like it's 30% African-American at least. And so as a tech entrepreneur there, I did not totally feel that I was that much of a minority. And I I think because I lived in the suburbs of D.C. and there were lots of friends who called themselves IT professionals, but they were really government contractors in tech. Uh, And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they they were black. Um, And so Mm -hmm. when the web came along and I started my first Internet company uh, in the late 90s, I did it from Maryland. And I did not realize I was that much of an anomaly. Um, Mm -hmm. I even went to Silicon Valley to to raise money. And um, in doing so in the late 90s, I felt a warmer reception in the late 90s, early 2000s than I did when when I actually moved to Silicon Valley in 2010. The culture in Silicon Valley had changed. Um, mm. And so I, I have I have my own theory about what happened between 2000 and 2010 to change that culture, um, which I'm happy mm-hmm. to share. But but yeah, from 2010 on, it really did not feel like a hospitable place for you know um, 
African-American entrepreneurs with dreams of going to Sand Hill Road and raising a bunch of mm-hmm. money and doing it and doing a tech startup. Uh, it didn't, it didn't feel mm-hmm. hospitable. So, um, you know, in order to overcome that, you can't, if you want to be successful in anything in life, you can't let the lack of hospitality put you down. You have to figure out right. um, how to be successful despite it. Um, right. And almost how to play the game so that, so that you still have an opportunity. Um, even if that game requires putting somebody else in the forefront of your own company so that you can raise the capital that's needed. And, um, you know, so I've resorted to every tactic that I needed to resort to in order, in order to be mm-hmm. successful. Um, but, you know, the time has come <laughs> to change that, which is why I'm heavily motivated to kind of change, to change the complexion of tech. I, I have been in the South Bay, the, uh, the, the South Bay of Los Angeles since 91. And really, I have always felt, 1991, I have always felt welcome here in Southern California as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a, uh, an entrepreneur of color. Um, there's something uniquely multicultural about Los Angeles in general and an appreciation mm-hmm. of, of, of many cultures is built into the DNA of being in Los Angeles. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that's different than San Francisco, although highly, very multicultural, it wasn't true of, 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 of uh, Silicon Valley. I, I, I think I am, uh, I applied to Apple, uh, Three or four times, <laughs> Apple was was one mm-hmm, of the targets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I made that trip, that journey up north to uh, apply to Apple about three or four times, and it just never quite worked out. There was something about that that I think. Um, well, you have a theory. Well, yeah. So um, many people in Silicon Valley will tell you that Silicon Valley is diverse, but Silicon Valley is not diverse. It's 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 very international. Okay, but, yeah. but diversity is not just about people from different countries. Uh, and for me, as, an, yeah. as, a, as a black American in, in this country, um, it's hard to see diversity when I don't see anybody who looks like me in a place. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved to Silicon Valley, I moved to Palo Alto in 2010. And I noticed that when I – the first time I had come to Silicon Valley to pitch investors was – I want to say it was the summer of 1998, which for Image Cafe, um, and mm-hmm. the climate felt pretty pretty welcoming. Uh, you know, um, my the law firm I was working with set up a bunch of meetings, and nothing felt weird in those meetings with those venture capitalists. But 2010, mm-hmm. 11, and 12, it was a different place, and I think it was because Silicon Valley between 2000 and 2010 became sort of became an elitist culture. Um, mm. And I think, I think it was a byproduct, and I hate to say it this way, but I think it may have been a byproduct of Google's early hiring practices. So mm-hmm. in, two, in 2000, 2001, when Google was starting to print money uh, and the tech community was able to see Google's rise, um, it was, it, they had interesting hiring practices, literally, if you did not go to Stanford, Harvard, MIT, 
Uh, they, they literally asked for your SAT scores when you applied. Um, and if you didn't come <laughs> from one of those environments, you would not land a job at Google in those early days. And because right. Google was extremely successful, I think Sand Hill Road, the venture capitalist, said, oh, maybe that's the formula. Maybe we, you know, maybe we have to make sure all our portfolio companies hire in the same way that Google hires. And it created a lot mm-hmm. of, and this is just my theory, and it created a lot of sameness. You know, it, it became mm-hmm. very homogeneous um, and mm-hmm. uh, only a certain type of person. If you were, even if you were white and you went to University of Alabama and you tried to get a job at Google, unless you knew someone there really, really well, you can you could forget mm-hmm. about it, right? So so it wasn't mm-hmm. just so that's what I mean by an elitist culture, and mm-hmm. you know uh, if you've had no exposure to to people of color or black people uh, in your inner circle, then you know each time these companies raise money and hire, they rely on their internal employees to refer people in, um, and ultimately right. you get a bunch of people you know all from the all with the same backgrounds. And so later on, right. you know, once they've had thousands of employees, when an, when an African-American walks in the door to interview, um, there, there's lots of unconscious bias there that prevents them from making it through the slate of interviews uh, and, and actually landing a role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now we fast forward to, as I say, the the South Bay is different. There's a different vibe. What what do you see and and experience in the South Bay? You obviously made it your home. That makes you so comfortable here. You know, um, well, first I, I lived in Palo Alto for eight years, um, mm-hmm. and I would say. I, I often describe Manhattan Beach as is like Palo Alto but on the ocean, um, but not mm-hmm. all tech. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, so you know. Well, first off, I'm I'm a people person, so I'm, I'm always and, and to a large extent, you get back what you put out into the universe in terms of your energy. And you know, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm friendly. I'm, you know, I say hi to people. They say hi to me. And I, I think in the South Bay, I have noticed that people are very nice, very hospitable. They, you know, um, and I haven't lived here long. I, I, I literally just moved to, to Manhattan Beach in December, so I haven't even been here a year. But yeah. from the moment I got here, just walking around downtown Manhattan Beach, you know, people would say hello. They would smile, and, and it just it felt like a warm environment. And um, I think it's because the sun is always shining here, and how can you be mad at that? <laughs> There, there's a special inner smile, Kelly, about living near the ocean. It's, it's the water. It, yes. it makes yes, it's the human water. beings. Yes. It is. There's no question about it. You know, Kelly, how many times it, have we talked about that? Uh, every week. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I agree, and I agree with Clarence. It, you know, you can be having the craziest day, week, month, anything and you look at that ocean and it just brings your blood pressure down you know and makes your body it say does. ah and what yes. and what i love about manhattan beach too is you know the topography of manhattan beach you get a little bit of the slope in the hills 
So you get this very interesting perspective of the ocean, just, you know, kind of elevated. And I've always said that since I first arrived in Manhattan Beach in 1999, actually, I moved here. Um, But when we were looking to purchase a home here, um, I was always so taken by um, how the ocean looked different here than at the time I was living down in Huntington Beach, right across the street from the ocean. So I had a different view. And um, I just love it here. It is beautiful. And um, I love hearing uh, Clarence say that, this area is very welcoming because um, we strive for that. And, of course, you know, my position at the Chamber of Commerce, we, um, we want everybody to feel welcome and we want businesses to feel welcome, but that really comes from, from within with the residents and, and the business culture too. So I, I love hearing that. And, I, you know, I remember when I first met Clarence, I said, Clarence, why Manhattan Beach? You know, and then when I found out, you know, he he lives just. I'm not going to tell tell everybody where you live, Clarence, but he lives very close to the chamber. And you know, he was like, you know, looking out his window at the ocean when when he was talking to me on the phone. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, he's got this great view, and and then it, of course, it you know spoke volumes. And um, I'm I'm really I love that you feel so welcome here. That just really makes me feel good too. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I, I came here in the heat of the Bruce and Beach saga, right, um, which yeah. to, to a certain degree continues. Um, and I, you know, I tried to be as active as, as possible and at least at, at watching what the city was going to do and how they responded. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that part's been interesting. Um, so you come to realize that everyone is not on the same page, even though, you know, you feel warm and welcome here, but there's an undercurrent for sure. Um, so let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's not forget that. But, but nonetheless, uh, Manhattan Beach is, is a spectacular place. Um, it's, it, um, like you guys said, it's something about the ocean that makes you smile. And mm-hmm. um, regardless of whether or not it's only half percent, because it is only one half percent black in Manhattan Beach in terms of its residents, um, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we should still be here. Now, the great thing is Manhattan Beach is adjacent to all of L.A. And on weekends, right. Manhattan Beach feels like it's 10 to 15 percent black, right. which, which right. is great, which is great, which is great. So it, it has a different feel, I'm going to say Thursday through Sunday, than it does the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, but it, it yeah. feels like a more diverse place than it actually is because of the weekend traffic. Right, right, um, no doubt. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point, you know, that it is, you know, a half a percent, you know, and then it, that changes on the weekends. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I just want to um, point out, too, that I think it was yesterday um, that the Bruce's Beach Bill, um, authored by Senator Bradford and and um, co-authored um, by Supervisor Janet Hahn and Assemblyman Marasucci and Senator Ben Allen has made it all the way through um, the California Senate and is on its way as we are speaking um, to the governor's desk for a signature. So um, I don't know if any of you caught that news yesterday, but it has. It's, you know, that's been a journey since, um, well, it's been a long journey, but particularly since last spring. And um, mm. it's on its way to the governor's desk for a signature. So very, wow. very interesting um, journey. That's that's fantastic. It, it, it better get there before the recall. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. 
Uh, right? Well, what's today? Flip. The tenth. We got four day. I think it only takes about what uh, two seconds for a signature. Uh, <laughs> um, that's anyway, right. That's right. <laughs> get that pin out. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, I was introduced. Uh, uh, I, I, just real quick, Joe. I just want to say I was introduced yes, yes, to yes. Clarence by Melissa Clinton. And, you know, Melissa Clinton's family um, had the unfortunate experience years ago of their house being firebombed. And when I was planning our Unity in the Community event last February, um, which was a product of um, the Manhattan Beach Chambers Inclusion Committee, um, developing kind of a, at the time, of course, Zoom, uh, a Zoom event to bring um, diverse cultures together, um, I had asked Melissa to be on the panel, and she couldn't. She's like, but there's this new person in town, and you need to meet him. <laughs> so she immediately hmm. provided an introduction to Clarence, and, you know, the rest is history. But anyways, um, you know, Clarence, I, I love our conversations. And I don't know if we can talk about just real quick um, the welcome score, the welcome mat um, project, but that I know that was kind of the, one of the genesis of our conversations too. Do you want to, can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned in my bio, I, I run a venture studio. Um, uh, and really what a venture studio is, it's a, it's a startup that creates startups. And so we mm-hmm. tend to work with diverse founders to create tech startups uh, and we just bring capital, and we also bring our experience as entrepreneurs. That's my partner and I and, and our team um, to, to sort of help accelerate the startups that we create uh, and that we co-found with others. So one of those startups is called Welcome Score. And, you know, Welcome Score was, was, was created by an entrepreneur out of Atlanta. Her name is um, Brandy, Brandy Smith. And um, she just wanted to know kind of a Yelp for belonging. Um, you know, when you go into a place, you don't necessarily know if it's hospitable. Uh, I mean, we, you know, I think a lot of this came off the heels of the last election. You know, 75 million people voted for a guy who, you know, um, uh, definitely does, <laughs> did not feel. I mean, I don't want to get into politics here, but to make a long story short. No. Um, part of Let's welcome, just say part, he had a low welcome, welcome score. That's right. That's exactly That's correct. And, 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 so, and so we, you know, and I think a lot of people want to patronize places that have higher welcome scores, right? Uh, and yeah. so um, part, part of the go-to-market was these special welcome mats from Welcome Score that we would literally give the businesses that want to, you know, show that they're welcome. Uh, and those welcome mats have a QR code on them. So that you could just point your phone at the welcome mat when you walk in and um, give it a, give it a score and also give feedback, um, you know, in a, in a way that the ownership and management can respond to um, so that they can, mm. you know, become more welcoming if they're not as welcoming. And if they are, you, you know, off the bat. So anyone with the welcome score app would pretty much know, um, you know, what communities they are welcome in based on, other people's ratings of those communities, whether we're talking about the school system or whether we're talking about a coffee shop. Hmm. Wow. Definitely something that, um, you know, um, existing organizations like Yelp should definitely uh, uh, look at. And in terms of a, a uh, you've, you've got to connect the cyber uh, space 
to real space or meat space, as they yeah. say. And yes. a welcome mat yeah. is an ideal way of doing that. Yes, yes. And so I, you know, I reached out to Kelly at the Chamber of Commerce to really float it by Manhattan Beach Chamber members so we could pilot Welcome Score, use mm. Manhattan Beach as one of mm. the pilot locations. Right, right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, when, you, when you think of your, you're in Manhattan Beach, you're in Silicon Beach, as I like to call it, Southern California, and you're a venture studio, you realize there's a very, very vibrant uh, venture community here. I mean, uh, you know, on the west side, uh, in West Hollywood, Google has been here for many years. Uh, Facebook has been here for many years. Amazon is here uh, on the west side. Uh, And then a ton of satellite uh, tech companies. And and, in the space that I'm in, in the blockchain space, uh, L.A. is brimming with new uh, ideas and new startups. Mm -hmm. Um, This Mm -hmm. is a great place for for Revitalize. This is is a great place. It it is. Uh, You know, L.A. is known as Silicon Beach, but I kind of look at it as tinsel tech, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Because, because there's been a convergence between media and tech. Um, for example, you go to the Sundance Film Festival, and instead of movie studios, even though they're there, you see, um, and I've gone, you know, several years, you see YouTube, you see Netflix, you see Amazon. It's, it's become <laughs> tech. And um, L.A. to me is tinsel tech. Um, and so all of those companies are in the media business now facebook google with youtube etc and so you know they have significant presences here in in la uh largely for that reason um and so um so yeah no i mean la has a vibrant tech scene it's not going anywhere if if anything um with, with with tiktok and snapchat and everything else um you know video and and um and entertainment integration into tech will just you know, become even more pervasive. Right. Fantastic. Wow. And Manhattan Beach is the center. I, I have a pitch for you. I think Shoot. I think this yeah. is the right time for me. I've got a pitch. Space Janitor dot space. That's our domain name. Uh top level domain mm. dot space. Space janitor dot space. The best janitors in the galaxy the ideal business Mm. is one where demand is ever increasing and competition is limited or non-existent unfortunately space waste is a hyper growth industry so we want to be the ultimate space junk waste disposal company we clean space Mm. and dispose of all kinds of terrestrial wastes including radioactive materials, what could be more fun? <laughs> that's wow. my pitch. Okay, well, you, hey, that, 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 that is an interesting space. I'll, I'll, I'll run it up the ladder at, at X, um, which is <laughs> where I'm employed today. <laughs> One of the things, if you saw, you know, you, you see a, a, um, an, a, a display of the, 
planes in the sky over the United States on any one given day, and it looked like it looks like uh, a swarm of bees. Right? There's planes going in every which direction, but in mm-hmm. space, there is no such uh, organization. There's no no one keeping track of it as well as they should be, um, and uh, it's it's very deadly and dangerous to. Mm, Go to space, not only because it's deadly and dangerous to go to space, but because there's so much stuff up there that's uh, not – shouldn't mm. be up there. So it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. Thank you very much. We'll talk. Joe, are, are you talking – you're talking real space, not cyberspace. I thought you were talking about I am cleaning talking. up cyberspace. <laughs> no. I, there's a lot of space junk, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking real. <laughs> hey, there's never I want to be a bad the best idea, manager. right? Yeah, <laughs> there's never a bad a bad idea. I think uh, well, the the Jetsons would be very proud of you for trying to clean up space. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> look, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we we talk about global warming. You're talking about space warming here, so that's you know we, we we're going to have to fix that. <laughs> how how do how do we incorporate revitalize studio uh revitalizedventures.com how do we incorporate uh revitalize into the local sort of life of Manhattan Beach i mean how can ordinary businesses contribute and get involved obviously uh welcome score is one but how do you how do you see that happening not here but just around the wor- around the world yeah. around the country sure sure i, I how have can a great answer for that <clears throat> Yeah, so we're actually getting ready to launch a new revitalized site um, um, because typically when you have a venture studio, venture studios are usually supported by a fund in the same way that a venture fund is. Uh, And Mm -hmm. usually Mm -hmm. venture funds, um, you know, receive their capital from large institutional investors. Um, And um, however, there's something called crowdfunding. So at Revitalize, what mm-hmm. we've been doing is we've been building a venture community, uh, a community of individuals um, that believe that diverse tech matters and want to back the next um, <clears throat> black unicorn, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. The unicorn is a term for a tech company with a billion-dollar valuation. And so what we do mm-hmm. or what we plan to do with each of our startups is crowdfund them. So we'll bring our own community to the table and raise the first one to five million dollars through the crowd. And um, one way the community could get involved is, is by going to revitalizedventures.com and plugging in their email address so that they can stay up to speed with revitalized studio startups. So when we launch crowdfunding campaigns for each startups, um, they're aware and they can participate. And investment can be as small as a couple hundred bucks or, you know, several hundred thousand. Mhm. Wow. Okay, that's that's how people can uh, get involved. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about how you landed at uh, X, but I want to first jump back to young Clarence. Um, Claire, Clarence, when? How old were you? when, you know, you first kind of had that first dream of starting your own company and what was it, you know, uh, 
Take us way back to young Clarence. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to say I was probably 12. Um, I fascinated. I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but I remember shows like Dynasty and a show called Heart oh, yeah. to Heart. And I was fascinated with mansions um, because, you know, I, I grew up in inner city Baltimore. There was no mansions in sight, but I was, I was fascinated with mansions. And then I understood, you know, architects design those things. And so I became excited about architecture. And so probably from the age of 12 until about 19, um, you couldn't have told me I wasn't going to be an architect. Um, I wasn't going to be the next Frank Lloyd Wright and, and start an architecture firm. And um, uh, so, yeah, uh, that's when I first, and also uh, throughout my high school years, I, we had moved from inner city Baltimore to a suburb called Ramblestown, which was predominantly Jewish at that time. And most of my Jewish friends' parents were all successful entrepreneurs who ran law firms, accounting firms, you name it. Um, and it was clear to me, and, it, and they were doing much better than my parents were financially. So I kind of connected those dots and realized that maybe I need to be an employer and not an employee. And, um, yeah, so I, I knew entrepreneurship was going to be in my path from a pretty early age. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was your very first entrepreneurial effort? Business, I should say. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say it was shoveling snow, um, which is something <laughs> foreign to people who grew up out here in, the, in southern, sunny Southern California. But uh, when I was in probably fourth, fifth grade, um, you know, whenever there was a big snowstorm, um, you know, and this was the time when I had also just gotten my first video game, an Atari 2600 video game system, mm. um, which, which required these things, which the games were cartridges, which is foreign to people, but you had to go out and purchase cartridges um, to plug into the system to play games, and they were very expensive. I remember them costing like $30, $35. And so mm-hmm. whenever it would snow, this was my opportunity to go and shovel out some people's walkways to earn enough money to buy Pac-Man for my Atari. And uh, so I feel like that was my first kind of, you know, entrepreneurial effort going around shoveling snow when it's, you know, during the winter. Mm-hmm. I support anything that um, supports Pac-Man and Atari. I remember those days. Remember Pong, playing Pong, you know? Oh, my um, God, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the more, the more you're, you're, you connected with the Pong, whatever, ball or dock, the faster it went, you know, and with, and now, oh my gosh, look at where we are now. Um, Pong and yeah. Pac-Man, Atari. Um, wow, we are dating ourselves, but hey, um, <laughs> there, there's 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 good to vintage. <laughs> I'm not sure we're vintage, but whatever. Um, and, and anyways, okay, so um, I know I think I've mentioned to you before that we have a program at the chamber called the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, otherwise referred to as YEA. It's a 24-week program that we take um, anybody, any student, um, anywhere in the South Bay, uh, grades um, 6 through 12, who have that entrepreneurial curiosity, spirit, idea, and teach them how to develop, research, develop, brand, start, and pitch their business. Um, What 
what advice would you have for a, a young, you know, entrepreneur who has ideas, who's just itching to do something? What advice would you give them? Huh. Um, well, first advice is it's uh, remember that it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. Um, and you, and very rarely does any business plan survive first contact with customers, at least when you're building a tech company. So you, you have a hypothesis on what your customer wants. You go out and you build the product, you market it, uh, and you hope they love it in the same way you think they're going to love it. But very rarely does that happen. And so you end up having to iterate a lot. So, so be prepared for that. Um, also, um, build something you're passionate about because you're going to need that passion to sustain you when, when, when the business is, is difficult, when things aren't going your way, when things aren't going like you expected, when it's harder than you thought to, you know, to raise money or it's harder to, to land a partner. Um, I, that passion is the only thing that's going to sustain you. And so just remember it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint and focus on what your passions are, because if you are following your passion, it won't feel like work, um, and you're going to stick with it even when things get difficult. Yeah, I know. I like that. Those are, are great words. Okay, so your marathon started shoveling snow, and now you are all the way at um, Google X. Um, you yeah. know, we're jumping. I, I know several years there, but how did you find yourself um, to become, you know, as I say, an Xer? Yeah, um, you know, so so my role at Google X is I'm an entrepreneur in residence, um, and it, it's not really the kind of job you apply for. It's it's the kind of you know that they they find you, um, and I, I started conversations with X in early 2020, um, and you know they they reached out. Uh, I, I had a friend who, who worked at X uh, in another role. Um, and I believe, you know, she, she mentioned my name, uh, to make them aware. Um, um, and so, yeah, so, so they, they reached out in early 2020, um, before COVID hit and, um, those conversations just kind of continued. Um, they were more like conversations. I was intrigued because X is an intriguing place. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't really quite realize early on that this was for a potential role. Um, but I, you know, I continue to maintain optionality and, um, we continue to have conversations and probably 14, 15 interviews later, 18 months later, they made me an offer. Uh, and, and by then mm. I had, you know, I, I could see the writing on the wall and, and was excited by the opportunity because, um, you know, you can do some things as an entrepreneur, uh, on, on Google and Alphabet's dime that you can't do any other way, just in terms of sheer scale. Um, and sheer access to to talent and smart people, um, and so mm. um, um, that was the process for joining X. Mm-hmm. Joe, it's I can feel magic. that you are just yeah. I can feel you have questions, you have comments, and you're just dying to ask <laughs> Clarence questions. Well, it, it's, it. it's the 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 confluence, as he said of an established 
organization that knows that building new businesses, building new uh, entrepreneurial efforts is hard, and it requires capital to grow. It requires long-term vision, an investment that's Mm -hmm. not going to pay off next quarter, not going to pay off four quarters from now necessarily, but could pay off big in 10 quarters. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because along the way, other things could be um, profitable. I mean, the, you know, every business worth its salt has, has uh, things that come out of it, you know, whether that's development of human resources or whether that's, development of properties, products that people want to buy. Um, this yeah, is and fascinating. The, and the man. bar is That's very great. high. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the bar is very high for Alphabet, which is Google's parent company. You know, they're looking mm. to impact that, uh, over a billion people um, and build mm-hmm. trillion-dollar businesses, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Alphabet itself, Google is worth maybe $1.7, $1.8 trillion, and so to move yeah. the needle for for Google and Alphabet, it has to be a big bet, and 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 therefore we call those things moonshots. Right, right. Wow, this is uh, <clears throat> what. But but especially what's happening with X is that they're. It seems like they're targeting down. They're 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 saying you can't find these things well developed. You've got to look you've got to look low in my in my uh, anal- uh you know my metaphor is you've got to look low. You've got to look for young entrepreneurs. You've got to look where the new ideas are coming from, or you're not going to find them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and is, and you and is, you also need diverse perspectives, right? So, um, and um, yes, so uh, all of the above. You're you're 100% correct. Wow, this is this is this is very exciting. This is very um, um, good for Manhattan Beach in general to be a part of the Manhattan Beach milieu of of business entrepreneurs. I, I, uh, Kelly has story after story after story. We, my one of my favorite stories is Kelly. Uh, board wax, someone making board wax for surfboards. When a pandemic hits, people stop buying board wax for surfboards. So what do they do? They they reorient their whole process into making soap. Who am I talking about, Kelly? Uh, you're talking about Hogan Peters from the the, um, the founder of You Surf Wax, and you, you know he started yeah. out. I don't know if you if, if you've met him yet, uh, Clarence. I know recently you embarked on a couple surf lessons and embracing the South Bay and Manhattan Beach culture. But You Surf Wax is um, a young man entrepreneur who graduated a couple of years ago from LMU University, just, you know, a few minutes north of Manhattan Beach. Um, he's mm. a New York transplant, and mm. uh, his father 
told him when he graduated, uh, congratulations, Hogan. If you want to stay in California, then you need to figure out how to support yourself. <laughs> and you know, you're, you're welcome <laughs> wow. to stay in California, but you got you got to figure out how to support yourself. And so he actually, and he was told that before he graduated. And so he, in his dorm room um, at LMU, started making surf wax. And he um, has a passion for the environment and a love for the yes. ocean and keeping it clean. And so he was making it out of yeah. beeswax, and, which is a healthier right. Not surf paraben. wax than, than some. Right. 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 And um, and still does, and you know he makes it and packages it and got a really fun label, all in um, El Porto, which is you know the the surf center of the South Bay, and during the pandemic when the beaches were closed, the water was <laughs> couldn't do anything. Uh, you know you could walk in the street and that was it. You couldn't even walk on the strand. Obviously his right. business um, was compromised. And so he quickly pivoted to making soap, uh, basically with the same mold mm. and packaging, um, and then donating it into um, to all the food banks and um, mm-hmm. you know uh, I, I, I can't think of the word, but like a food pantry, like El Camino College, all the students. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. everybody you know, mm-hmm. just, um, didn't have an income, un- unemployed, and so he started <clears throat> donating um, soap. So people had surf, soap. And, surf, um, surfboard in fact, he, surf soap. That's interesting. Yeah, well, is, he went from is. surfboard wax to, to soap. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. That, that's, that's creativity at its best. Um, it, yeah, it, you know. Necessity it was wonderful. I would invention. Yes, exactly. And I would say... I can't wait, Clarence, for you to meet this guy. He has the gene. There's, there's <clears throat> white, black, indifferent. It doesn't matter. There's some people that just have that, that spark that you could put them into any environment and, and say, create a business that, that generates income and you've got you know 30 days. And he could do it. It just he, he has that gene. It's just amazing to even just talk with him and about whatever he's doing, his latest thing. And he's just he's great. You I can't wait. There needs to be a Manhattan Beach sort of like entrepreneurial council that talks about new yeah. businesses and and uh it's just mm-hmm. it's just exciting what can be happening in the South Bay. Well, well I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying entrepreneurs are usually interesting and exciting people. I'm a little biased. Right. Um, so I, I love <laughs> I love meeting entrepreneurs. So I, I look well, forward to I'll meeting him for you, sure. Yeah, I'll introduce you to Hogan, too, because maybe he can get you out surfing also. But um, <laughs> what Hogan has is what your advice was is to follow your passion because his passion sustained him during the pandemic and sustained his ability to continue living in Southern California. Um, And by the way, he comes from the East Coast and a hockey background. So he also Mm -hmm. started um, uh, selling the the surf wax to hockey players here in California for their sticks, because I didn't know, but, but they wax their sticks. Um, for games, 
And so mm-hmm. he kind of has, you know, it's just um, dominoed from one thing to the other. But his passion, you know, was entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, his ocean, and playing hockey, and all of that sustained him. And here he is still now back to, you know, making surf wax in um, hockey right. stick wax, I guess you could say, too. So anyways, um, Joe, we have one yeah. minute that happens every single week. We, the conversation could go for hours and hours, um, but we have one this minute, so we have special. to wrap it up. This one is special, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, RevitalizeVentures.com. Re- RevitalizeVentures.com. The, the best things in life come from the South Bay. The best things in life come from the South Bay. Um, RevitalizeVentures.com. Clarence, thank you so much for joining us. Clarence Wooten, thank you. And thank you for promoting Revitalize. I I couldn't have done that better myself. Um, (laughs) This this has been wonderful. Thank you, guys. And um, I'm excited to be here, and uh, I look forward to running into you guys around, around town. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Kelly, this was good. Thank you very much, Kelly. (laughs) Uh, It's my pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And Clarence, thanks for taking your time. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you in six months, a year, two years from now. And, and, you know, I'll I'll see you around anyways, but um, get you back on the show and find out what you're up to because um, you are a special person that has – you know, it, it, you are an asset to our area, Manhattan Beach. So thank you for your time. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. We'll see Take everyone care, uh, soon. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you soon. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.